Welcome back, everybody in the world, to Jokerman Podcast. I'm Evan. I'm Ian, and uh, you know it's it's 2024, Evan. Uh, here we are at the beginning of a new year, and just like we did at the beginning of the last new year, um, we're we're taking a pause uh, this week to look back and celebrate the work of one of the great American poets, Mr. David Berman, on the occasion of his birthday. Uh, we last time were going all the way to the end of Silver Juice catalog with Lookout Mountain, Lookout Sea. This time we're right back at the beginning. With the man himself, Bob Nastanovich. Bob, thank you so much. My pleasure. Well, you were on this record. Starlight Walker. Starlight Walker, sure enough. Starlight Walker, we're talking about the dawn of the Silver Jews. Uh, you mm-hmm. played drums. You played several other auxiliary things, some vocals and synthesizer, mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand. Mm, I did, actually, yeah. I had a, a Moog Prodigy that I bought for $100 from a... Uh, from a used music store in Cementville, Indiana. It was right off of I-65 when you drove from Louisville to Indianapolis. And uh, it was just like an old abandoned um, cinder block building that for some reason was filled with highly unusual, affordably priced instruments. Um, There was like a, a... I mean, first of all, I absolutely hate music stores. And I really, (laughs) to be honest with you, I hate gear. Like, I, if I ever have to go into a music store um, that I basically already have written down every single thing I need and basically go up to the counter and just hand it to the guy. Because it's, first of all, I say that because it's always the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. The only thing that I find more despicable than just as a vibe than music or music instrument stores are the, these uh weed dispensary places just the aesthetic is so unappealing it takes all the um i mean i love weed as much as the next guy i guess but um it's just so unappealing i I yearn for the days where you could you know buy a quarter for 35 bucks off some sketchy dude um but yeah that's all beside the point i got this (laughs) move prodigy for 100 and i didn't i didn't even know if it worked but it worked and it just became my toy really through all the way through pretty much pavement up until like the late nineties. And then I I was concerned that um, it would break, even though that case cost $400 a flight case. So it wouldn't fall apart. Th- things started to break on it. Um, but yeah, no, it was a very pivotal part of my silver shoes experience. Cause um, <clears throat> uh, I mean, I played on all the records, through Starlight Walker, and then after that, I appeared on a few songs here and there. Um, you know, and again, like, I don't really know how to play synthesizers or keyboards or anything like that. So to me, they were just like noise-making machines, and I, I was particularly lucky on Starlight Walker, um, particularly on New, on New Orleans. thing and yeah no basically basically the way silver juice worked back then is that in particular this record david for some reason was in oxford mississippi i'm not really sure why other than the fact that it was cheap and he was working on his writing and he kind of 
went into isolation and he rented a chemistry lab of a University of Mississippi chemistry professor for $150 a month. And um, it didn't, it, it, it just had a toilet. I, di- I don't, rec- it didn't have a shower, um, which I found a little bit hideous. But if you consider the price. He was living in this chemistry lab sans shower. Yeah, for about 90 days. And there was all kinds of <laughs> mysterious beakers and just things you didn't really want to sure. touch. Like we, me and Malcolm, we drove down there from Louisville. And I can't remember what days of the week, but say we got there like on a Thursday afternoon. You know, we were in the studio. We drove up to Memphis, which isn't that far. Uh, I mean, basically, I think we were there for about 18 hours, you know. And the way David works is he would just hand you sheets of paper from a notebook with lyrics written on them. And so the songs just built are his poems. And, um, you know, just like I can pretty much as a constant say through every element of my experience as being in bands or to do music in any way, shape or form without Malchus, it, it doesn't flow. I mean, so you, when you have a guy, when you have a guy like that, who can, you know, basically like build songs off of, um, you know, really intriguing poems written on a piece of paper then then you've got a band you know so then, then the two of them were these uniquely talented uh, guys <laughs> and they still are i mean they still are I mean, one's just alive one's dead but they um yeah this uh, freaky so it was a pleasure you know it was just like whenever you whenever i was like working with those guys which was always impromptu and always sort of thrown together and really sort of always really in New York. At, and we lived in Jersey when I lived in Jersey, then they eventually worked their way over to Brooklyn or whatever. Um, that was what we would do when there was, when there wasn't anything better to do. I mean, it was never like, Hey, let's do that tonight. It's like, there's nothing to, to go out and see in Hoboken or, or New York. So I guess we should just pretend to be a band. How did it begin? I mean, in the simplest terms, this is the first Silver Jews record, as we said. Well, the and- first Sil- Silver Jews LP that followed. Yeah, we had Arizona record, which was sort of more true to form. It was more of a rambling rap type thing, more ramshackle. Twilight Walker was like the first record that was, you know, um, you know, a proper studio recording with, but there wasn't really a game plan. It was just like, a slight tick in fidelity and actually, you know, at the time, for some reason, Dan Kresge from Drag City liked the cassette tapes that David sent him, which were just made on one of those really old-fashioned tape recorders that I would prop on top of our, you know, Zenith box television set. And (laughs) Soundcheck consisted of, like, being anywhere between, like, 8 and 20 feet away from the tape recorder 